Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, in the words of our long missing friend, John, who's not on tonight. Um, welcome to Four Blades in the Pub, Three Blades, as I've just mentioned, and I'm, this is Ian, and I'm joined tonight by Phil. Evening. And Dan. Evening both. Good evening. Um, well, it's been a, few, a little while since we last podded. I think various life challenges got in the way as ever, but we're back, back together tonight. Hopefully John might ring the doorbell at some point in the next 30 minutes and uh, join us, but we'll see. If not, we'll pod on with the three of us. And I think it's three games since we last spoke and three victories. Two of them coming away from, uh, sorry, all three coming away from home. So, um, you know, a real good run of results that perhaps would have snatched everyone's hands off for that run of results going into this uh, international break. Without conceding a goal as well, I think. Which, yeah. I mean, three clean sheets. I think that the the form all season, really, I think whilst we were all fairly confident that we were going to have a good season, I think how good we've been has taken everybody a little bit by surprise. And and before this run of three games, there was a little bit of concern and amongst some voices about our away form because we'd not really done that much away from home. And I read a stat after the, what was the last game? Preston? After yeah. the Preston game, saying that we've now got the best away form in the division. So it, it just goes to show how much of a credit the management and the players need to, and, and the, the owner need to take for giving us this platform for this season now that it's it's really in our hands. And it's interesting. I don't, Sorry, go on now. I was going to say, I don't think we've even been at our best in these games, have we? You know, no. we've, not, we've not been free-flowing, have we? We've, and that, that's a good thing, the fact that we've gone there probably not on top form and not, not playing as well as we can and still ground these results out. And that's that's what the teams that get promoted do, don't they? That you yeah, well, we didn't go to Preston, but by all accounts, we weren't we weren't very good, really, for the for the majority of the first half. And and we weren't great against Swansea. So to then pull out two two victories like that is like I say, it's sign of a good side, isn't it? So the words right out of my mouth I was gonna I was gonna say before it's you know, the fact that we went we went to Hull who people were saying had made a good start and dominated Hull, but then probably did it a slightly harder way at Swansea and Preston, is, like you say, a credit to the team. We're going to have tight away games. We might win some, we might end up not losing some, but we're not going to get... I don't think we're ever going to get heavily beaten by anybody. I think it's always going to be an odd goal, in it? Um, and as long as we keep picking up the home results that we've got, then we can we can kind of afford that, can't we? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think the one thing that's probably a slight concern, um, certainly going into the national break, is probably the the number of injuries we've had so far this season. Obviously, just just at the start of the well, just in the first couple of days of the international break, obviously Ahmed Odzic uh, picked up an injury um, with Bosnia. Sort of talk about he might be out for a month or so. Um, how how you know. interesting one that because they said that he came to them with the injury. That's that's what I've read. So right. what they're suggesting is he was already injured when he when he got on the plane. Now I don't know. I always wonder. I'm always a little bit cynical when players get pulled out of internationals like this. Whether there's a little bit of kidology going on, and um, all right, I know it's the Nations League, but it's no more than a glorified friendly. I just wonder whether there's a bit of kidology from United there, and and, and he's maybe got a bit of a tweak that's been made out to be worse than it is. 
I think I hope there is. Know. To be fair, I, I hope it is. I hope we I hope we're protecting ourselves and looking after our own interests. Like you say, if it was a World Cup qualifier or a tournament, fair enough. But I know that you know these nation league, you know, it goes, you know, there's this kind of qualification routes to tournaments and stuff like that. But like you say, it's it's a friendly tournament. It's it's no more it's no more prestigious than Umbro Cup or La Tournoir, is it? I think on that basis, with other teams playing friendly, so you've got Senegal playing a friendly, I read, and Jai didn't make it off the bench for that for that friendly. I think it was against Bolivia the other night. Um, obviously, Brewster bagged a couple of goals for the under-21s, and the under-21s are at Bramall Lane on Tuesday night against Germany. So, Brewster, McAtee, Doyle, Kadra likely to be on, on display. I think we've just got to hope that we continue, well, hopefully they continue to play well, pick up some form, certainly for those who have been on the fringes, but we can just do without any other further injuries. I've never known any injuries. It's this season so far, I know that there's rumours and there's people concerned about our training methods and whether that's causing the problem, but so many of them have been impact injuries and have been caused in games. They must be pulling their air out because if Amadodzic is injured and missing Birmingham, I don't, I don't know who you pick. I don't know who the back five is. I mean, would you... I guess you've got bringing Norrington Davis back inside and would you play... I don't know, is Osborne fit? No. No, he's, he's one of them that's... They're all due back around the same yeah. time, aren't they? I, I saw something... Saw, about five players. I saw Osborne. It might have been the other conference the James Shield piece or Nathan Hemingham piece where it was suggesting Osborne might be the solution by then but that's you know that's assuming he's there's four of them isn't there that are kind of on the cusp of being due back because Clark, yeah. Osborne, Ender Stevens are all there or thereabouts but none of them are match fit no if if none of the injured players are fit the only option is and that, again this is a big a big ask because it's throwing someone straight back in is put Boglin at right wing back and move Baldock across to left hand side but then you're asking Bogle to come straight in after a six month layoff and go straight into 90 minutes. I'd be very surprised if that's the route we went down. I think we're more likely yeah. to play Gordon. Yeah. Play Kai Gordon right centre half and move uh, Basham across to the left. Basham to the left, yeah. Or, yeah or your other alternative is, you, like you say, put Norrington Davis back in at, at left centre half and, and you play a youngster. That Brooks has been on the bench last couple of games, hasn't he? Or I know nothing about other than the fact he's played left back. I don't think he is a left back. Yeah. But I'm sure they've got a plan. Hopefully I'm writing what I'm saying about it's a bit of kidology with Amad You're right though. I've, I've seen people criticising Heckingbottom's training method saying he runs them too hard in training. But I, I, I don't buy that because it's not like he's just got carte blanche over everything. He's, you know, he's got He's got strength and conditioning coaches. He's got analysts who will all be telling him, right, you, you, you can't run these guys anymore. He, you know, he, they have the red zone, don't they, and the monitors and stuff like that. He'll, be, he'll have a team of people saying, right, you can't push them anymore. You can't. And he's not just going to say, now, you know, I'm running them to death. I'm not, he's not stupid. As much as he wants us to be the fittest team in the division, and, and that's great, he's not just going to do that and watch his players just drop like flies and just keep doing it with no... With no thought for anything else, is it? But I, I don't buy that. No, I don't. I think that's just, there's always got to be something to complain about. And I think that's just 
<laughs> something that people are hanging on because apparently Leeds fans said the same about him, didn't they? But no, I, I just think we're having a really bad run, really unlucky run when it comes to injuries, stretching back to last season as well, not not just this season. I think back end of last season, we got no forwards. Yeah, it's it 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 is just. I was just going to say it's it's a one off, but then like you said, there was probably an element of it last season. But the way you know the fact that we've kept those three clean sheets. And we've been having to, to move things around in that period as well, across that back line, um, and still deliver those clean sheets. It's it's credit to the credit to the team. I suppose given where we are, you know, sort of ten games into the season, so not quite a quarter of the way in. But who who was your standout player for us this so far? Dan, or Phil, let's go. Uh, I think it's it's. Probably between three, and I know that's a bit of a copper. It's probably between Ahmed Hodzic, Norwood, and Njai, I think. I think it's between those three. Um, and I'd find it tough because they all do something different. I'd find it hard to kind of. Ahmed Hodzic has come in and been infinitely better than I think any of us knew or thought we were getting. Norwood is back to what he was when he first, you know, when he first came to the club, and he's, he's absolutely. Dominating games, and then Jai just looks. He looks something special. He looks. It's strange. He looks like he's almost like a throwback. He's, you can see players that have come through academies from being 10, 11, 12 years old. The very kind of they're almost like cookie cutter players. They, they, they're taught from an early age to play to a system, to play to a role, to play to a you know to play to a position, and almost some of that. Um, that kind of off-the-cuff way of playing is coached out of him. The, the very same, whereas you can tell he's not come through an academy and he's almost played like street football, if that's if you know what I mean. Like, you know, played in Sunday League and stuff like that. And he's got that, just that air of unpredictability about him. He's just... He's a bit of a maverick, isn't he? Yeah. 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 I think uh, the three players you've picked, it's hard to argue against, isn't it? Um, Norwood... I mean, there was a there was a Venn, Venn diagram that they did on the um, second tier podcast the other day, where it put all the, the different capabilities of central midfielders and what they're good at out of everybody in the championship. And there was only one player that stood out as being one of the best in all three different disciplines, and that was Oliver Norwood, which says a lot about how his game has been this season. I'm going to pick somebody that I mean, probably obvious because it's me, but maybe not so obvious. who has been a bit of an unsung hero this year, and that's Wes Fodderingham. He's, been, he's missed a bit of time from, from not being very well. He's made some really, really positive saves at important times. Think back to the whole game. Think back to the save at Preston that he made. He got up and he, he was hurt in the whole game and got up and carried on. And I just think he, he continues to prove that we made a monumental cock up signing Robin Olsen last season because we had a decent number one all along. Yeah. Does that, do you think that plays into your kind of it's wanting a name keeper? Rather Probably. than trusting. Probably. I, I, I said at the time, that signing felt to me like it wasn't a manager's signing. Yeah. But... It, it's, it, it's odd to blow that amount of, let's say, wage budget and everything else on a keeper. Mm. Um, and certainly... Yeah, not, not looking too far backwards, though, but foddering him, I, I just think he's unsung. I think he just goes about his business and you can rely on him, which that, is that, really good to have. Well, that's it. And he, he's, 
He's not getting peppered either, is he? It's not what I mean is he's not he's not one of these keepers that's literally having to make save after save after save after save. So his stats look really good. There's there's games where he'll go for a long time and not have to do anything, but then when he's called on, he's making these important saves, and that's that's obviously harder than a keeper who's having to be on his toes for for ninety minutes. Hull's probably the best example of that. That double yeah. save at Hull, you know, again, not had a lot to do, and when called upon, you know, kept kept the game in our hands really at that point. Um, I, I, I can't disagree with any of them. I think. Well, I, th- I think, and Jai, you, you talked about Maverick. I always think of Maverick players as those in the seventies. You know, you Frank Worthington, Worthington, those who could. But, but in a way, I was thinking as you said it, it made me think they were the kind of players that just got the ball at the feet and just went at people and didn't care anything. And if they lost it, they lost it, or if it didn't quite come off, so what? And and there's a touch of that about Anjai. Don't get me wrong, his, his work ethic off the ball for the team is is great. I mean, obviously. One of the goals this season <clears throat> was it? Um, oh God, I'm sure I remember now. Was it uh, Reading or Blackburn? I can't remember where he picked the ball up with the tackle inside his own half. That was Blackburn, weren't it? Blackburn, Blackburn wasn't it? it? Yeah, I was watching it this morning. I should remember. I watched it back again this morning. But again, so his, his work ethic is great. So it's not like he's a a lazy maverick, but he's just got that, like you say, that exuberance and confidence to just try stuff. And we haven't had a player like that for quite a while, I don't think. Not this ass, certainly not. I'd love to know. It's ridiculous. Time he loses the ball, but then wins it back himself. Mm. I don't think I've seen many players are as good at getting his body in between him and the other player and the ball to to win a ball back just through out muscling people. He's, he is. He is ridiculous for a flair player. He is ridiculously strong. You, you sometimes get players like him who are great when they've got the ball, but they get knocked off it easily and they. They don't track back, but he puts he puts a real shift in, doesn't he? Mm. And for someone who's, who's reasonably, he doesn't look, his frame isn't that big, I don't think. Or he doesn't look that big when you see him. He, not that he, I guess he doesn't look... Yeah, he's, not, he's not a Darius Henderson, is he? He's not, no. he's not a, 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 a man but, mountain. But his strength of, like you say, of winning the ball back, of putting his body in and holding players off is it, tremendous. As much as I like that, for me, I'd go with Amma Hodzic. Because I think again, the Watford result might have been different if he'd have played that night. Um, I think yeah. we'd have had something a bit different at both ends of the pitch. Um, but again, for for a team that's kept six clean sheets, and we've we've touched on it there, you know, Wes Wes has been brilliant when called upon, but we've kept six clean sheets largely because he's been protected. But here we've got someone who protects really well, has covered his back backline colleagues really well, but also contributed at the other end as well. Um, and again, that's something we haven't had for a while. How many times? Three goals. He's got three, mm-hmm. hasn't he, already? Yeah. No and one least, could have predicted that. At least one <laughs> I mean, assist as well. I don't he was going to give something to the team as an attacking player, because that's partly why he was signed. But I don't think anyone anticipated him being, what is he, our second day scorer so far this season? <laughs> Considering that over the last few years, John Egan's been up for 8,000 corners and <laughs> scored one or whatever it is. Scored a peach for Ireland the other night, though. He struck that well, didn't he? When he dropped yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Um, as soon as he gets near, as soon as he gets anywhere near opposition penalty area for us, he turns into kind of Toblerone, head, doesn't he? <laughs> I was going to say Paul Beasley. We're all, we're all going to name back defenders from the nineties. Depends, please, Ed. But um, no, I, I, I think um, I think we've got a, a good run of games to look forward to. I mean, I Birmingham. Think we've got three on the spin at home, haven't we? 
Yeah, was, we, we, we've got um, Birmingham, obviously, Saturday, QPR, follow. Then we've got a Stoke, and then it's Blackpool at home. So it's right, three, okay. three and four. And, you know, if you, got, you look at Birmingham at the moment, 11 points behind, 12 points. To be fair to them, they've probably had three decent results in those last three games prior to the international break. One away at Preston, 1-0, which, you know, is a, as we know, is a difficult place to go. One, three, two away at West Brom. Um, and a nil-nil draw at home to Coventry, so that you could argue their away form isn't that bad, really, apart aside from when they lost to Rotherham, second game of the season. They've, uh, well, not quite second game, early on in the season. You know, they've got a reasonable um, away record in the last couple of games, so it'll be an interesting challenge for us. Against us at home as well. Yeah. Don't they? Last couple of games at Bramall Lane, they've, they've done a bit of a number on us. It was probably easier for them to do a bit of a number on us against Jukanovic, to be fair, in that game. But That was the first game of last season, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I seem to recall going way back in probably mid late 90s, a 4 all was it, once at Bramall Lane? Yeah. yeah. You know, there's always there's always something about a game against Birmingham. They either, they either and I think they pinned I could be wrong, I think they pinned us back in that game. So there's there's always something against them, really. But... Um, and then we well, followed. It was the season where we played them first game of the season, weren't they? We lost. Did we lose to a penalty at the last minute? Last minute, didn't we? Yeah. And we thought, well, that, that won't matter. You know, it's first game of the season, and we, we ended up losing out on, on a play, losing one a playoff point. spot or an automatic. It was on automatic by one point to Birmingham. Yeah. Yeah, we did. So. Cheers for that. Yeah, we well, just got, <laughs> just got the whole just came to down. <laughs> But looking forward, though, I mean, on paper, no, no games no games are easy. We know that, and I know it's a bit of a cliche, but three out of four home games, we're already sitting pretty at the top of the league, three points clear. I said it earlier, that it really does feel like it's in our hands. Um, I can remember the season under Warnock when we went on. I think we lost the first game or something and then went on a run of winning 10 games in a row or something like that. And I can remember saying then, you need 90 points to go up. All right, it's it has happened before, but it's unusual. Yeah, we've now effectively we've now got what thirty six games left. If we win twenty of them games, we're already on eighty three. Yeah, it really is in our hands. With our home form, you can't. It's not that easy. I know that it's not that easy, but I, I just can't stress it enough. We, it's it's up to us. It's what we do now that's important. The other side of that as well is you, you talked about that gap, three points to Norwich, five to Reading, six to Burnley. You know, if you go down to six, we're eight points clear of sixth or seventh as well. But it's that goal difference is worth something else to us right now because we've got double the goal difference of any other team in that division. Yeah. The fact that Reading are in third and they looked abysmal. They'll not stay there, I don't think. They looked terrific, didn't they? Don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not getting carried away with myself. I just, I, I can't emphasise it enough. It's up to us and it's a nice position to be in. I mean, I am I, I am getting carried away. I've been getting carried away from, I said at the beginning of the season, I thought we'd go up and I, 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 saying, I'm, I'm, I think now we're, we're going to do something that I've not seen us do before. I've seen us, seen us get promoted from second division, but I've seen us win the third and I've seen us win the fourth. I've never seen us win the second. And this is, um, um, I, I think we're going to put that, put that right. I think, I think the thing that excites me going into this period of games again is you've got McBurney starting to hit form. You've mm. got Sharp back fit and available. Obviously, 
came off the bench against um, at Preston, against Preston. You've got Brewster bagging two. And the second goal for the under-21s last night was fantastically well taken. Great little finish, isn't it? Beautiful little death finish. Um, it, it just gives us options again. We've, we've got options and players who, you know, Brewster puts himself about, well, just haven't had the break. Bill like McBurney hadn't had a break for a while, you know. I was looking back again, those chances McBurney had against Blackburn where he could have had a hat-trick. You know, the ball, you know, good saves from the keeper a couple of times and, and blocked from the defender. But you just think if, if Brewster can get in now and hopefully have a good game Tuesday night, you'd hope he'd start with it being at, at Bramall Lane on Tuesday, he could be another, you know, real asset to us that we perhaps haven't seen the best of yet. 100%. And you've got... You've got players like McAtee's only going to grow into the season. The more football, the more this level of football he plays. Kadra will get a run at some point, who I think yeah. is a really exciting player to watch. Everything, everything about us this season will look strong. It's just the it's the injuries that are worrying me. That's the one thing. Because we need to get some players back. That then does it do you think it maybe lends itself to another problem once we do start getting all these players back? The team's almost picked itself up to now. Do you think it poses some challenges for Heckingbottom that where he could make decisions wrongly because of the amount of options he's got? Uh, to me, if we started, if, I suppose through early November, we, we Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, you know, that might be the time when team selection might become a bit of a challenge for him, you know, because he might be thinking about, albeit we've got then got the, the break for the World Cup for the best part of a month. Maybe that run of four games starting 1st of November at, at Bristol City, where you've got, to be fair, you've got Bristol City, Burnley, uh, there's the rearranged Rotherham game as well, and then yeah. Cardiff. That the, there's a, it's a toughish run of games, that. And, you know, I know Bristol, City, Bristol City away particularly, I think, wherever they are in the league, has always been, again, talking about Birmingham at home, but Bristol City away for me has always felt like a challenging game over the years. That, that's where I worry that he might be might be tempted to tinker a bit or protect players. I'm, I'm yeah. fairly sure if you gave him the option now of the situation he's in now or having all these players back and having to pick his best 11, I'm, I'm fairly sure he'd obviously he'd want more players in the squad. And I think that'll stand us in good stead after the World Cup as well, when obviously you've got a slightly more truncated second half of the season because you've missed a month. So again, those games will be coming thick and fast. Saturday, Tuesday. That's when having a bigger squad and, and a bigger squad of, of good players. It's not like, you know, we're bringing the likes of Sariki. We're going to be bringing the likes of Sariki in and play people out who are going to have to be playing two or three years before they're ready. We're going to be bringing, you know, players that would be first, first choices in probably 80% of the championship sides. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it, it, the interesting thing there is, you know, it, I'm, again, not getting carried away. The start we've made has given us a fantastic platform. Come April, every team in the championship is going to have a run of seven games in April. I can't remember in April ever that would have had seven games in it. it, that it, it is. Sorry? Um, so do we think we want to go out of FA Cup third round stage this year then? Straight out. If you give I, me that and still win the league, then yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm I'm someone who always wants us to win every game we go out to play, because I, 
I honestly believe you should never go out with a, a view to, you know, whether it's a cup competition or there's something there to be won or things for players to play for. But I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you. I just think that if we can get ourselves in a strong position, that might allow us a bit of flex in April when other teams will be fighting to try and get the same players out week after week fighting for points. And the other thing to factor in is obviously what happens come January. I don't know if anyone saw the snippets of the interview with Sander Berger the other day where he said he basically lived in a hotel all, all summer with suitcases, almost like, it sounds like he got like a go bag packed, just ready to, to kind of jet off at a moment's notice. Now, I don't, I still don't think that's him agitating for a move, but I think he was probably, probably banking on not being here now. I think he was assuming that he would get a move somewhere. So, a good chance we lose him in January. I, I, again, I think it just depends where we are. I think if we're sitting pretty at the top and, and looking really good for getting into the Premier League next season, I think he'll stay. Um, you think? Yeah. I, I, if we're looking that that promising, yeah, I do. Because well, it depends it, who comes in for him, doesn't it? Yeah, of course. It was Champions League football he wanted, wasn't it? And he alluded to that in the interview as well. He, he sort of touched on Bruges, didn't he? That he's played in Belgium, that's not what he wants. Yeah. He wants to play at the top. He wants to play at the highest level. There's not usually that many top clubs in the Premier League coming for players in January. It's usually the the bottom half or the ones that are trying to push for Europe. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure I'm not sure a club... It depends who it is that comes in. But I think if we are where we are now and we, we maybe build a bit of a lead up, I, I don't think there's any chance he'll go. The one that worries me is Jay. If he has a good World Cup, and carries on the way he has. Yeah. We, do we want to do we want a slight calf strain towards the end of October? Just keep him out for three or four weeks. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Just <laughs> end of November. Should I, sorry, mid, mid November, I should say. And yeah. then, uh, yeah. Wrap him up and lock away the key for for January or something. Just let him out on match days. But that that kid's a superstar in the making, and the transfer fee that we end up getting for him will reflect that. Whether that's this year, next year, or in the future, I don't know. Just going back to Berger, I think it's an interesting one because you've got, like you say, if he's looking for Champions League football, doesn't want it in Belgium. If you go to the Netherlands, you're probably looking at, I think, two Champions League places. So you're looking at an Ajax or a, a Feyenoord, and that's not any sort of link is you bad. If he looks to Germany, the top of the Bundesliga at the minute is, is looking very odd. You know, you can argue that, you know, they've obviously got teams in Europe this year, but even someone like Bayern a fifth, Freiburg... Is it Union Berlin? Top. Union Berlin are top, aren't Union they? Berlin are top. So it's it's an interesting makeup because actually, if you went, even if you went to, in all honesty, it doesn't go to somewhere like Dortmund or Bayern, but if you're going anywhere else, it's a bit of a gamble as it stands. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think for me, it's, it's interesting when you look at those leagues where Berger might go to, some of the some of the candidates for teams are also not going to be guaranteed to be in those Champions League places next season either. And some of those places aren't going to pay the sort of money we're asking. You know, Ajax don't pay 30 plus million for a player and that's apparently what we're asking for. Him. Yeah. Clubs in Holland don't pay that sort of money for players. So you, you, you're back, like, you're back to probably Premier League clubs, aren't you? Yeah, I think it's... A, I think. Premier League's most likely, but again, it comes back down to what I was saying about the league. It's in it's it's a large part in our hands. He's under yeah. contract. If we're looking good for going up, we can turn bids down because we know yeah. that there's a fair chance we're going to be getting a payout in 
from from the Premier League next season, and and as well as the fact that's attractive to him in terms of football for next season. So, it a lot rests on this next couple of months and what we do, and and players coming back and keeping this form going. And if we can, if we come to January and we're still where we are now, get ready for an exciting last few months. And who'd, who'd have thought that when Heckingbone was appointed, in all honesty? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I sat here whatever time it was last year and said I feared for us this season because of the amount of players we had who were going back to the parent clubs that were going to be out of contract, that were going to be leaving. And I didn't see us throwing much money at it. I was, you know, I, I was thinking we'd be potentially fighting a, a battle at the other end of the table. So, you know, how wrong was I? <laughs> it's really. The squad that we've managed to put together, considering we knew that we were losing our best player in Gibbs White, we thought we yep. were losing other players in Berger. To be that much stronger now than when we were last season is remarkable. And credit, and credit to to Prince Abdullah and the board because. They need to sell, you know. The, the accounts point to the fact we we need we needed a sale. Now you can argue you can only sell if someone like you say if, if someone comes in for your your best players and makes the right kind of offer. But we're in a really good position because we. I don't think we're gambling as such because, like you said, there's a, if it's not there, then there's January where we might see action. But if we're up there, then we're in a really strong position to to build, you know, off the back of par- two years of parachute payments and. and Go back up again, and that—that I—I would never have guessed we'd be doing that. No, definitely not. It's quite interesting, actually. Think about January. We're all concerned about players going out in January or, or potential for it. Now, normally, a team that's pushing for the top or pushing to get out of this division to the Premier League would sign players in January to boost the squad a little bit and give yeah, them a bit of a kick in, a kick on, should I say? We don't really need to and there's not really space to either which yeah. is a bit anyone with a left anyone with a left foot an adult human with a left foot because <laughs> apparently well, if you left foot left foot at United a minute that's it you're, you're out for a yeah, minute but what if, you, what if like me you only use it for standing on look, look any port in a storm at a minute with, with the amount of left foot as we've got out it, that's it isn't it I think the, the move in January will be if we are if we're carrying injuries still and to provide yeah. some cover. Because like you say, you're going to struggle to keep players happy as well, which is the other challenge going into that final end of season. We, we seem to have a really good ethic and team spirit about us at the moment across the whole squad. Um, and you see that with the reaction of the bench with that winner at Swansea. And I think it was Doyle. He'd been so was charging down the touchline. There were several others following behind. I just remember picking Doyle out on the video. Um, you know, it, it's really good to see. So should we roll it back a bit and we are maybe getting ahead of ourselves, but let's enjoy it while we can. Um, but let's bring it back to Saturday. Um, I think there'll be four blades in the pub before the match. If uh, I believe John's joining us on Saturday. Um, what's your predictions, Phil? I'm going to go a relatively comfortable 2-0 to us. 3-0 to us. And I'll say 2-0 to us as well. I think it'll be that bit tougher. I am always, like I say, something about Birmingham. <laughs> I've said it that way, it's Birmingham. But I think we've, we've got enough about us at the moment. Um, and it's something to look forward to. A few, few drinks, the four of us in the pub. 
Yeah, four of us. Not very often we get all four of us in the same place these days, is it? So, yeah, that'll be good. If time permits, it might be quite nice to try and get the four of us together in a pub after the game for half an hour or so, if time permits. Indeed. We'll see what we can yeah, do. We, we've gone too long without a pod here. Um, and we've got this squad to build, but we'll wait till the four of us are back on and I might jeopardise that one next week. So uh, we'll uh, hopefully we'll get another pod out at some way, shape or form following Saturday or certainly following next Tuesday. Um, but as ever, it's been, been good to get back together. And uh, I think we'll end the pod as we always do with a up the blades. Up the blades. <laughs>